Welcome to BIB Today, the daily business show from the newsroom at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden. How will work and our labor market change over the coming years? That's a question that the Brookfield Institute at Ryerson University has examined. They have a new report that has identified eight megatrends that are going to shape our Canadian labor market over the next decade. I'm joined today by one of the report's lead authors. Heather Russick is a collaborator at the Brookfield Institute. Heather, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. What I really like is this report is titled Yesterday's Gone. I think that says so much in just those two words. Tell me, how much change are you anticipating our labor market is going to experience over the next 10 years? Well, it's when you think back to how much has changed over the last almost a year, it's quite phenomenal. So it's possible that we continue to see so much change over the next decade. And I think the thing that's really standing out for a lot of people in terms of their experience right now is just that there are not everyone, but a number of people working from home and really experiencing remote work. And this has been such a dramatic change and is actually influencing other changes that employers and companies are making right now. So I think we could see a lot of change over the next decade. And that's why we wanted to highlight a number of things happening right now and what we should think about going forward. Yeah, and I, I want to get to some of those mega trends, but first, I mean, how much change do you think has been facilitated specifically by the COVID-19 pandemic? I've heard other people on our show describe it as a bit of an accelerator of trends that already existed. For sure. It's accelerated so many things. I think some of the obvious changes are obviously just the, you know, people staying at home and really thinking about um, and working from home and being isolated in a way. But I think it's also influencing some other changes as well. I, I We try to think about kind of the second order and third order implications of what's going on. And one of the things that we did observe as part of doing our work is that people are really reprioritizing some of their things in their life. They're reprioritizing how they think about work, life, their family, their hobbies. Um, And so we might see this kind of play out in different ways over the next couple of years. Maybe people don't want to work as much. They're realizing they can actually live with less. Um, And so this might, you know, really change how people think about work and change about what they want from their workplace. Absolutely. I noticed that one of the kind of sub-trends or mesotrends was the death of workaholism (laughs) and the reprioritization of wellness and well-being. But kind of going from there, what are the eight megatrends you've identified or maybe the most significant trends you've identified as a part of your research? For sure. So let me know if you want to dive into them specifically, but there are, you know, there are lives online. So really about how much is happening online from learning from leisure, the way we work. We also identified a mega trend of capitalism in question, um, which we we did see when we were doing this work about two years ago as well, but I think it's it's actually accelerated a bit during this time as well. We have highlighted technology to the rescue and just how much growth is happening in the tech sector and what's going on there. We've included a mega trend around climate in crisis um, because we, as it's not as, top of mind right now, given so many other things going on while we experience COVID, but it's still a really important change that I think we all need to think about as we think about planning for the future. Um, But some of the other ones are reconciliation and inclusion. Obviously, this has been 
really accelerated in awareness over the last year and paying attention to anti-racism in the workplace, I think will be important going forward. But then, as you mentioned, we did identify a megatrend of finding meaning uh, and well-being and how this is really also kind of accelerated during this pandemic time period. And then finally shifting power and our evolving population and just how population demographics are changing over time. So all of those very significant trends worth paying attention to. I wanna highlight a couple of them. I know there's so much focus now on climate, especially with the new US administration and potentially how things are going to change. When you focus on this idea of climate in crisis, what are some of the implications for our labor market say 10 years from now? Yeah, I think that's a good question. One of the kind of subtrends we included in there is around the green energy revolution and, you know, how important it is to pay attention to that. We're seeing the cost of, you know, solar power going way down over the last couple of years. And obviously Canada has a lot of um, industries in oil and gas, a lot of different regions in the country are invested in that sector. So I think we might see a lot of change in terms of investment in green energy and green energy revolution, more jobs in that space. Um, but also we did include another kind of subtrend related to the climate and crisis, just about air and water contamination happening in Canada. I mean, we, we already have First Nations that are do not have drinkable water. That's not a new phenomenon. Um, but with all of the forest fires, particularly you know in BC over the last number of years, this is also something that we should pay attention to. I think it might mean people migrate to different locations, you know, it might change tourism. Um, there's a lot of potential implications of this one. One of the other ones you mentioned and rightly pointed out that it was such a big story and a big trend last year that gained a lot of momentum, the reconciliation and anti-racism piece. I think it'd be fair to say we're seeing some changes, more organizations focusing on diversity, maybe reviewing their brands and the, the symbolism and origins of those brands. But if we kind of follow through over the next 10 years, how might that shape employment in 2030? Yeah, this is one that we really did want to put some emphasis on in our work as we're releasing it right now, because it has really accelerated over the last year. There's so much more awareness around what has been happening. Um, and I, it's really great to see companies respond in this way. You know, we've seen companies now who are hiring leaders or employees to be responsible for anti-racism policies, which I think is really great to see, likely not uh, not all, that's not the end. I think there's so much more that can be done. But over the next 10 years, we might see actually quite a shift in work cultures, I think in leadership competencies uh, as a result, and organizational structures as a result of what has been happening over the last year. I also want to follow up on this idea of rethinking capitalism in the post-pandemic world. Tell me a bit more about that trend and what, again, it might mean for employers. Mm hmm. We included a couple of subtrends related to this one, um, but one of them is called workers first. And just really, there's been quite a quite a bit of talk over the last year about universal basic income in Canada and whether that makes sense at this point in time, given how many people actually do need support and they're they're unable to go to work, um, as well as paid sick leave. You know, a lot of people have been talking about that recently. I think. Obviously, this was more a fringe discussion before the pandemic, and it's really accelerated over the last year to really consider that. So I think 
that will be interesting to see whether that actually happens in the future in Canada or not. Um, another point that we included actually in our work related to capitalism in question is just this concept of degrowth and there's you know being a degrowth movement and really saying do we really really need to only talk about economic growth or should we be talking about other components and thinking about ecological impact and human well-being as well when we think about progress and growth and so i think this will will impact employers in terms of thinking about their businesses overall impact and how their business can maybe be a little bit more balanced in terms of not only be focused on financial growth, um, but consider some other elements as well. And I think employees might be looking for that as well going forward. I think about, you know, some of the initial steps we've seen around the gig economy and workers pushing back against Uber, Lyft, Amazon pushes to unionize and kind of that how these companies are almost the epitome of capitalism with really cheap products and services. But of course, that's come at a cost. And it seems like we're almost maybe at some kind of a tipping point, which I guess is at the point that this theme speaks to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the other one I want to highlight, and I mentioned it off the top of workaholism and the idea of well-being, mental health, mental health in the workplace. Do you think that we're going to maybe have healthier workplaces in 10 years? I do think this is something that uh, many people are thinking about right now. I mean, I, there are so many things for employers to consider at this point in time. It's kind of overwhelming, actually, all the different elements to keep track of. But um, our sense is that employees are dealing with a lot of mental health and potentially social isolation right now, which depending on how long this goes on, I think could have quite quite an impact. But also people are paying more attention to their own health and wellness as a result. Um, and so we did highlight the, the trend around workaholic extinction in the sense that people might actually really prioritize their health and wellness, uh, their leisure time and hobbies more so than they would have prior to the pandemic. I think potentially putting those things before their own, you know, work or career going forward. And so that might mean employers need to do different things to uh, recruit employees or to retain employees. Uh, they might need to consider the other elements of what's happening with their workforce. When you take all of these mega trends together, Heather, are you optimistic about where we're kind of heading our, within our Canadian workforce and labor market? Are you concerned or pessimistic? Which one wins out? Are we moving toward a better future or a more concerning one? That is such a hard question. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, in general, the way I think about it is that there's so many possible futures. There's actually multiple different paths that we could see going forward. It's really impossible for anyone to predict the future. There are components to this that are really optimistic to me, and then there are other parts that are, are not as optimistic. I think on a whole, really we're going through quite a transformation right now. I think we're, you know, there's a lot of transformation in terms of how people are working, where they're working, what industries are growing, and um, people's values. And so that might actually result in a huge shift in some ways if people's if people are focusing more on mental health and well-being and you know working less maybe that's actually a really positive thing um on the other hand not everyone has that choice right now and so i think we also need to pay attention to how we can support everyone in navigating such a transformational time 
not to sound too cheesy, but it sounds as though the future is really in our hands. It's the actions we take today and in the years to come that will determine that ultimate outcome or the future that we end up with. That said, how do you hope organizations and employers maybe reference or use this report that you've put together? I guess my hope is that uh, other people can look at this very broad, you know, we've included so many different pieces of information, but it's very broad pieces of information and really think about their own strategies and whether there's maybe some kind of test those strategies against some of the possibilities that we've presented here. So there might be strategies that really make sense in terms of their people's current assumptions about how things will go. And then there might be things here where um, people say that's impossible, that's never gonna happen. And I guess my recommendation would be to say, are you sure that's never gonna happen? Because so much has changed over the last year that it just seems to me like anything's possible at this point. And we should pay attention to those things that seem unlikely, but would have a huge impact if they did play out. Well said, Heather, thank you so much for coming on our show and talking to us a little bit about this report. You're welcome, thanks for having me. That's Heather Russick. She is a collaborator at the Brookfield Institute and she's one of the lead authors of the report we've been discussing, which is titled, Yesterday's Gone, Exploring Possible Futures of Canada's Labor Market in a Post-COVID World. You can read the report and explore some of the other megatrends that we didn't get to at brookfieldinstitute.ca. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks so much for joining our show. We'll be back with a new episode of BIB Today on Tuesday.